Welcome to Uncut Angling. I'm Aaron Weep. Some special guests today. You have all met my sister, Carrie. She's been on a couple shows, and you have never met my brother, Johnny Holiday. He is standing right there, right now. Hey, guys. And this is Rob Nash. What's up? I'm going to get Rob to tell us his fishing experience. Obviously, my own brother has caught fish and seen a few things I, over the years. I oh. actually taught you how to fish. Yes, this is my mentor. Taught me everything I know. But Rob, what about you? I've been taking fishing seven times. Each time I tell people I've never even seen someone catch a fish. I think it's all a farce. Rob Nash, Johnny Holiday together make up the Rob Nash Project, which is a band that does much more than just perform music. Fishing didn't work out for me, so I decided to try to play music. And it all stemmed from uh, me wanting to share my story. When I was 17, I was in a car accident. Actually found dead on arrival, no pulse, not breathing. Obviously came back to life, but I didn't wake up enlightened wanting to change the world. I was bitter and angry. I didn't want to be alive because of everything that happened to me. And for about two years, I was suicidal, did a lot of stupid things, and I kept it all inside. Didn't talk to anybody about it. I made it through that dark time, and then one day I realized I wanted to tell my story so others wouldn't have to die like I did before they started to live. And so I started playing music. Got a record deal after a few albums, had a few top 10 hits on the radio, and then a few years ago got a opportunity to do almost like a Johnny Cash tour through like prisons and youth detention centers, reserves and schools telling my story and I ripped up my record deal to do the tour and it was one of the best decisions I've ever made and that tour has been growing ever since. One day we got a call from a school in Ontario and they said they had lost a student to suicide. On her suicide note it revealed that she had a deal with one of her friends like a, a pact, if you kill yourself I'll kill myself and they said we don't know who it is so they asked us to come do a show and that was a bizarre show for us to do because there was, we knew somebody sitting right in front of us was about to take their life and we didn't know who it was and for the first time I spoke directly about suicide and how I had been affected with my own thoughts and a young girl came up to us after that show and she pulled out a note out of her pocket handed it to us and it was it was her suicide note she was planning to take her life that weekend we try to make sure at every show we just assume somebody sitting in front of us is having those thoughts and it never fails we've had actually 807 students have actually handed us suicide notes after the shows that we do how many 807. 807. Yeah, and that's not including the amount of kids that have their suicide notes on their phones and we delete them after the shows or kids get home and send us pictures on Facebook, Instagram. Well, I think back to some of the groups back in the day, we'd sometimes have group meetups on a lake or something, but specific instances of this, let's say there was 20 or 25 guys and two of those 20 are now gone from suicide. Right. So it's like, whoa, that percentage is pretty crazy. In 10 years, two of us are going to be gone. Well, then what, in 20 years, another two are going to be gone? Like, it's just a really weird, unsettling stat. A new report released by Kids Help Phone revealed that one in five teens in Canada has seriously considered suicide in the last 12 months. In the last 12 months? That's not even, like, in their lifetime. Can it actually be that high? For sure, yeah. Which we probably would have argued before we did this tour. Now you see how common yeah, it is. After talking to hundreds of thousands of students and seeing the amount that break down during certain songs and... And the fact that these kids that we're talking to have suicide notes with them. They fold it up, put it in their purse, put it in their wallet, and they carry it with them. And it's, they can tell that it was written or it's got the date on it from two to three months prior. Meaning there's been lots of time. Yeah, well, they're holding it with them because they have those thoughts. And they're waiting for somebody to push them over the edge or for somebody to reach out and say it's going to be okay. Yeah. So that's why we put such a focus on it during our shows. Something as simple as showing grace and love to everybody you deal with because you don't know what burdens they're carrying with. They're dealing with dark demons and you should just, I mean, that sounds so simple, show love to everyone. But beyond that, how are you going to know? Because guys, for example, don't talk with other guys about what's going on. I could go fishing with someone a zillion times and then all of a sudden find out 
something terrible's happened years later and you would have never even suspected it. I think you can overthink what helping a person really entails. Like I think it's a lot simpler than what, uh, what we think it has to be. I mean, sometimes obviously a person needs professional help, but I think a lot of times someone just needs to know that someone else cares about them. And I think sometimes the smallest thing can turn around someone's day if they're in that, uh, that headspace. It's amazing what happens when you find out you're not alone and one person starts speaking. Like that's all we do is we get on stage and tell some stories and play some songs. Mm -hmm. And those stories, somebody relates to every story in the show. It's even this kind of stuff right now. Just, you know, we're just a bunch of guys out fishing right now and we're talking about some of these things. And, and I think right there, that's gonna give people the opportunity to open up about their own struggles if you're vulnerable first. So I think, yeah, leading by example can be a really huge thing. When people talk about mental illness and you know, addiction, they only talk about the suicides, they only talk about the overdoses, but we show videos of kids ripping up their notes and, and people see, okay, that's not everyone ends this with taking their life. Like even last year, I took all the, the signatures from the suicide notes that we've been given and I tattooed their signatures on my arm because it usually does feel so dark. Like what's the hope in this? And I want to be able to show people, I know you feel alone, but look, these are people that had those thoughts too and they're still here and they're conquering the world around them. And when people see these stories of hope, then it's like, oh, okay, there's another way out of this, this darkness. Like, yes, I had those thoughts once too, but look at me, I'm on this tour, I'm performing in front of you guys. We have our stories and you've got yours and somebody out there needs your story. And when you put your focus on, hey, maybe my story could help somebody else one day, that's, what, that's the hope in these stories. And we challenge the media all the time too. It's like, hey, tell a story about somebody that got off the train tracks once in a while. Tell a story about somebody that ripped up their suicide note and they're still here. Because there's tons of stories of hope out there. That's awesome.